Okay, students, the math teacher asked the boy in math class, said, if you have two apples and I ask for one, how many do you have left? And he said, two. Now, this is not a mistake in mathematics, but friends, it's an attitude of the heart of so many people today because it's the idea what's mine is mine and you're not getting anything of it. Sharing and giving is not an option. You know, friends, as disciples, I want to remind you of what Jesus said to those who were following him back in the day in Matthew chapter 10. He said to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons. Freely you have received, and so freely you give. The gift you have received, give as a gift to other people. Give the hope, give the joy. Share the message of salvation. You know, if you want to be poor, you need to grasp. And if you want to be needy, then just start hoarding. And you can be needy. If you want to be abundant, then scatter. But if you want to be rich, you need to start giving. Generosity, do you know, is the most talked about virtue, the most talked about issue in all of the Bible? Just look at the statistics. If you look at it, you know hope is mentioned about 185 times. You know that love is mentioned about 733 times. You know faith, as we like to talk about, is mentioned 246 times. But did you know the issue of giving or generosity is mentioned nearly 2,300 times? We find it repeatedly as the top issue in the Bible and certainly from the lips of, of the Lord. The Bible teaches us about generous giving, generous hearts, because giving is the expression of love, faith, and hope. So we're beginning a new sermon series today. We're calling From Me to We, because after all, friends, we are better together. We appreciate the opportunity to live stream and watch from our uh, televisions at home and uh, sip coffee and stay in our PJs, but I got to remind you, we are better together when we are serving and living and loving and praying and witnessing together as the people of God. So we are living in a day when we know that there is a lot of consumerism in our world, and in fact, it's invaded into our churches and I want to remind you today that it's not about you, but it's about us. And it's about the mission to make disciples and to be the people of God who are giving and loving and aiding and helping others. For friends, we are better together. And more than ever in this day, we need to unite with one another. We need to join with one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to serve with one another and love and live out our faith as generous disciples and people of God. For God wants us to be a generous people. Now, how many of you here like McDonald's french fries? I'm going to make you hungry. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I was with my kids, and uh, one of our boys, we were involved in uh, some event, and they were just starving, so I go into McDonald's. After all, they still are ranked as one of the top french fry in the world and fast food industry and so we went in 
And I went up to the counter and I bought one of those biggie bags of french fries, okay? The big heavy duty extra Goliath uh, french fries and set it down. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't help myself, but the aroma really got to me, and I was going to reach over and grab a French fry, but what did they do? They kind of pulled back a little bit, and as if to say, Dad, these aren't your fries. I'm hungry. I want these fries. And, you know, just then I thought three things that came to mind. And the first thing is I realized that they forgot that I'm the source of these fries. I'm the one that drove the car and we went into McDonald's. I'm the one who walked up to the counter and whipped out the Capital One card, all right? Uh, I'm the one that bought the fries. Without me, you could have no fries. I'm the fry guy and the fry source. But the second thing that I thought about as I was pondering all of that was they have forgotten that I control the fries and that I could just as easily take them away and rip them out of their presence. And I could say, all right, that's it, no more fries. Or on the other hand, if I really wanted to, I could bury them in fries and go back and get plenty of biggie bags and just bury them in all the french fries they wanted. But the third thing I thought about is that I don't really need these fries, but I could go to the counter and I could buy my own box of fries. And I could just as easily go and get what I wanted. But you know what I really wanted was my kids to be unselfish. Don't you want your grandkids and your kids to be those who are generous? These are the reasons, after all, that God wants our generosity. God wants you to be generous with your resources because he gave it to you in the first place. Every day you ought to rise and shine and thank God for the gift of the day. None of us are promised tomorrow. And you ought to be so thankful to God of a new day in which to live. You need to be thankful, friends, for your human talent that God has given to you. Your abilities that God has blessed you with. You are an incredible person, loved of God. And God has given you such spiritual gifts and graces that need to be used. You ought to be so thankful for what he has given to you monetarily. The incredible blessings that God has poured out on your life. It could be taken away in an instant. And you need to be so thankful for what God has given to you. And so I want to remind you here today of some of these important principles of giving and generosity in our life. We've all heard this before, but I've been a believer for years, and I need to remind myself about this. I'm human too, and I'm a pretty good forgetter. And even of these basic truths, friends, we need to be reminded, continually reminded, repeatedly. This is not new material, but we need to be reminded of this important aspect of the generosity of a Christ follower. Now, it was the famous psychiatrist Carl Menninger who founded the world-renowned Menninger Clinic and said that giving is an important criteria of mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill. Now, Faith Community, I'm going to tell you, is perhaps one of the most generous churches that I know. 
The giving that goes on in this church is just second to none. I mean, the hundreds upon hundreds of people that are being served and fed through the food pantry, through our program on Tuesday night with Stepping Forward is unbelievable. The food that goes through our hallways, off our shelves, out to the cars, and to people's tables to feed families is unbelievable. And you know what? It's because of you, you're giving, you're serving. The preschool that we have, the upward basketball, just think of all of the dozens upon dozens of children that are hearing the gospel message from vacation Bible school to the father-daughter dance and all the other wonderful things that we have going on in our discipleship ministry and so much more is because of your giving, your serving, your loving, your caring for. And in a lot of ways, you don't need maybe a message on generosity. But today, in the interest of mental health and those seated around you and others that are joining us in the World Wide Web today, I just want to repeat and remind you of the key benefits of being a giving disciple of Jesus Christ, of being unselfish, of giving with your heart, and in fact, what giving does to your life, how it expands your soul and strengthens you and benefits you. We're going to look at the generosity of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made and what it means to us to live out our faith. The first thing I want to say is a great benefit for you if you have that giving spirit is this. You become more like God when you give. Do you realize that? When you give, you're becoming more like Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God is a generous giver. In fact, we know in the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 5, it said God gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. If you're going to be like God, you're going to have to learn to give because God is a giving God. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Imagine that. He gave his only child for you. Think of the generosity. Think of the sacrifice. And if you want to learn to be a great lover, you've got to learn to be a great giver because loving and giving go together. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And think of this. All of the kings in history, they sent their people out to kill for the king. The kings in history, as they stood in their castles, they sent the soldiers and, and the others out to kill and die for them. But Jesus is the only king that went out and died for his people. Think of the giving and the generosity of our God. Now, under the Old Testament system, you know every worshiper back in the Old Testament had to bring their own lamb to be sacrificed for their wrongdoing. And if they had no lamb, they had to go out and get one. They couldn't borrow it. No one could give them a lamb, but they had to have their own because their sin, their wrong had to be transferred to this lamb. But in the New Testament, everything is reversed and God provides the lamb. Now, as Bonnie was sharing in 1 Chronicles, everything we have has come from the Lord. And we can only give what he has already given to us. In other words, all the french fries in this old world and everything else we have and know comes from God, from God above. Every time you're generous, you are growing to be more like God. One of the great benefits of being a giver, being a disciple, a true Christ follower, you're going to be a giver. 
A second benefit is giving draws you closer to God. Not only become more like God, but it draws you closer to God. The Bible says, wherever your heart is, there your treasure's gonna be. Now think about that. Wherever your heart is, wherever your time is, wherever your talents are being concentrated, uh, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is going to be. It's wherever your treasure is. And Jesus said that. So I ask you, where is your treasure today? Well, that's where your heart is. If your money is in an investment, some type of portfolio, well, that's where your heart is. If your money is in your house, that's where your heart is. If your money is in your career or in your boat or in your golf game or your hobby or anything else, that's where your heart is. Because Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there's going to be your heart. The Bible says that money, in other words, is like a magnet. And wherever you put it, it tends to pull your heart in that direction. And when you give money to God, it's like a magnet. It pulls you closer to God. And so when you're giving like God, it pulls you and draws you closer to the Lord. And God doesn't need your money, as you know. He can buy all the french fries in the world he wants to. And what he wants is what it represents because it represents your heart. And the Bible says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. And that means every time you give, you're becoming more like God and you're drawing yourself more to be like God. Giving is spiritual aerobics, in other words. It's spiritual exercise as you're giving your worship to the Lord. We all need to be giving our worship to the Lord daily. Worshiping and thanking God. Spiritual aerobics is prayer. It's our witness life. It's our serving life. It's our loving life. And it's our giving life. It's good for the heart. It enlarges our heart. It expands our fruit. It strengthens our life. So why don't we give? Now, if you're a parent, do you enjoy watching your kids be a bully? On the playground, if you are a grandparent, do you really want your kids and your grandkids being selfish? No. You want your kids to be generous. You want your kids to be, you know, sharing to other people. You want to be known as the family that is concerned about others and not going to be looked at as a bully and taking but you want them to be giving and generous. And when God looks down on you and he sees that you are living a life of generosity, you're living a life of serving and sharing and loving and caring and praying and lifting up one another and giving your talents, your treasures, your time unto the Lord. He says, that's my girl. That's my boy, because you are becoming more like my son, Jesus Christ, whom I gave for you, that you might have life and have it abundantly. Giving pleases God because it's an act of worship. And it brings God pleasure when you give because you're being more like God, and nobody is more generous than God. A third benefit I would remind you about is that giving strengthens your faith life. Sooner or later, you've got to decide can God be trusted with your life? Can you trust God with your resources, with your minutes of your day, with all of your time and attention, with all of your finances? Can God be counted on 
and all of his promises be truly faithful. There are more promises, as you know in the Bible, about giving than any other subject. And God says, if you do this, then I will do that. And this is not prosperity gospel. This is living out these commandments where Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said to seek God and his kingdom, his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. It's living faithfully as a disciple. Second Corinthians here, Paul continues on as his writing here to the people at Corinth. He says, your giving proves the reality of your faith life. Your giving demonstrates that you really are a follower of Christ. I'm reminded of the silly cartoon of the pig and the chicken looking at a breakfast plate of bacon and eggs, and it always comes to mind as the pig tells the chicken, for you, it's a contribution, but for me, the pig said, it's a supreme sacrifice. I wonder, have you placed your faith entirely in God? Giving, the Bible says, proves just how much faith you have. And in the Bible, it says there's only one way that you can prove God. And I'm eager to give because I want to see what God is doing in my life. And when I give, it's not out of obligation, but it is out of opportunity to live and tell someone about Jesus Christ. To live and tell someone about the need for salvation. And to give their life to God. But a fourth benefit, just quickly let me remind you about, is that giving is an investment. It's an investment in all eternity. You no doubt have heard me say many times that you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And the way you send it on ahead is investing in other people. Your time, your talents, your serving, your giving being available to help the hurting, to care for the dying, to support the lonely, to aid the hungry. When you die, everything you have is going to be left behind. Do you know they have such a thing as called a burial suit? Now, what's the difference between a burial suit and a normal suit? Well, a burial suit doesn't have pockets because they don't need the extra fabric and you're not taking anything with you. Jesus says, store up treasure in heaven. And he says, you can store it up on earth or you can store it up in heaven. And how do you invest in eternity? Well, here Paul writes in 1 Timothy, he said, use your money to do good, disciples. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity, and you will be living a fruitful life down here as well. There's nothing more wonderful than to be giving and blessing other people. There's no greater investment than the kingdom of God. It's protected, it's proven, it's exceedingly profitable, it's better than FDIC, it's great dividends, it has no risk. And there's no greater investment, no greater venture, no greater opportunity and abundant blessing than the investment into God's kingdom. No true believer has ever regretted committing his or her life to godliness. And material things will come and go, but not the things of eternity, the things of the spirit. And a spiritual investment will last throughout eternity before we must never allow the trivial kinds of things in this life to drive us away, 
to stop us and put us in park and in neutral, but continue on living and giving every day, being a witness to the Lord and being that generous believer that God wants us to be. I want to challenge you today in your walk of faith to be an authentic, generous believer, giving and living just like this person. I want you to see this video of Akuza Aboa, one of us here in church who has learned to give and to live for the Lord. Watch this clip. My name is Akusa Wahi Aboa. Um, I know everyone knows my triplets. <laughs> Yes, so um, 2006, um, I became a nurse, and uh, when I was trying to write my board, I was praying so hard. My second one, I failed. I was praying so hard as five children. I went through school five children. So I promised God that if you met, if I pass this board this time, I will go to the whole world and serve you with my nursing degree. So when I want to burn the board, I pass. <laughs> so, so when I passed the board, I was like, okay, so now that I passed the board, God want me to use it to serve him. And that's why my call started. So I was able to get a couple of nurses and doctors together. We went to our first trip to Ghana. Um, we were able to get some funds together and uh, we did made that trip successfully. And we did free screening in Ghana for um, older people and people, sick people. Okay and uh, came back very, very, very great, great mission. That sent me to go back to Ghana. Um, when I got there, um, the mission home that I, I founded in Ghana, the, this little boy was left there, the baby. In the morning, we got the baby boy and sent you know, we took him to the you know, hospital, children's hospital. And that was like, or we were able to adapt the baby. So that baby was something that I believe that that sent me to Ghana that time in 2007 to go. So on that trip, you didn't have many resources? No, no. Um, I, I always used my own resources when I started. Right? But like I always tell people that you don't have to be rich too start a ministry mm -hmm. but I believe that it's God who provide mm -hmm. so when you give you receive it in thousand times and that's what I have experienced in my life that anytime that I use my own funds to help other people it comes in there yes but here we have a ministry helping seniors and people with disability and other people I work with us same time so when I became a nurse I adopted a couple uh, homes, the senior homes in Daegu and okay. Cincinnati. Okay. So every month I do, they can't come to food country too. They yeah. can't come to some places like faith community. They cannot come. So I take the food country to them. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So you shared part of the story, yeah. you and John shared part of the story where, as I understood, you were like in Africa he was somewhere else, and you said, meet me in South Africa. 
let, let's make that kind of your final little God story. Okay. Yes. So I was planning, um, I prayed about my next trip, where I'm going, to the country, in Ghana. So when I prayed about it, South Africa came to my mind. How did that happen? No, that, I don't know. How does something just come to your mind and you go, what does that mean? It means they need help there. <laughs> but how did it come to your mind? I prayed about it in South Africa. I just hear South Africa. So I called this person and I said, is there any need in South Africa for children or any home or pregnancies? Oh yes, <laughs> we do need help. They need definitely fans, uh, diapers, clothing and stuff. So I called my husband and I said, meet me in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, so I got so where, suitcases. Where, where, where was he? He was in Ghana. He was in doing, Ghana. Yeah, doing a and you were, trip. you were here. Yes. And then you said to John, meet me in South Africa. Yes, because I didn't know anybody there. So, and when we got there, he knew. That was my call. That was God sentence there. Yes, because we went in. There was so many babies that was dropping at home that they didn't have food, clothing, diapers. And when I was going, that's what I saw. So I did pack the suitcases, my 10 suitcases, diapers, clothing, all that stuff that I do, you know, from collecting donations and my own funds. And took it with me. That was good. I think we should clap. We challenge you today to be a generous disciple of Jesus Christ. You're giving and you're living. Shall we pray together? Almighty God, we thank you for the mighty sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, and who we can know real hope and have real life. And Lord, we pray for those here today that your spirit would just penetrate hearts and lives, areas, Lord, where we're holding back the fries, that, Lord, you would have right away. May your spirit speak here into the hearts, the, the closets, into the inner self today. May you have right away in our lives, and may we go forth demonstrating our true faith in you, living investing in eternity, being faithful in all of our giving with our very lives, we pray in Jesus' name.